For someone who does podcasts professionally, when you say you always forget to hit record, that's I know, kind of like it's, it's a problem. It's like you the one, always forget. It's like the one thing. That's the right? one thing, right? It's like the only thing that's really important. Like you're an assassin who's like, oh man, oh shit, I forgot, to, I forgot to kill oh, the guy. I to kill oh man, <laughs> I found him. <laughs> forgot to kill him. <laughs> Levi? Yes? Pitch me. All right. Pitch me. Just, I know we've talked about it for a while. I know we've, you know, this is a point in a relationship people get to, and I think some people, yeah, you know, wait too long, and I just want you to pitch me now because I want to, I feel like that's where, I feel like that's the next step for us, you know? Like, I want to take it to the next level. Pitch me, I'm dreaming. Pitch me like one of your French girls. Okay, I got something. Mm-hmm. Go, do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna absorb it. I'm, I'm pulling my hair back. So, <clears throat> you know what's easy? Changing the watch band of your Apple Watch Edition Series Plus 6X. You know what's hard? Knowing that your beautifully crafted, wildly overpriced watch bands are just sitting in the top drawer of your nightstand. Well, watch this. And, and then this is the part of the pitch where I reach into my uh, perfectly fitted jeans <laughs> and, uh, and out of the tiny pocket, I pull out this device, right? <clears throat> yeah. And, and I you... hold it between what my index finger and my thumb, a la Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. And then I, and I would likely clumsily snap it into its place uh, okay. yeah. as if I was like on Shark Tank, right? Yeah. And then I would say, okay. <clears throat> introducing Dumb watch. <laughs> it's so smart, it's stupid. It's a decorative wearable that's the same size and dimensions as an Apple Watch so that you can easily use all your spare watch bands as bracelets and not let them sit in the drawer all day. It's like, what's, what's below a complimentary product? <laughs> what, what happens after? So it's like, oh, it's the product, right. and then we have this ecosystem products around it, and then we have this ecosystem feeding right. off the ecosystem. Exactly. It's a leech. It's called a leech. That's what a leecho system. Right. You're pioneering the leecho system. It's oh, not just, thanks. it's not, you know, like, and this is not just a, a product. It's an asset class. You know, there's going <laughs> right. to be a whole, yeah, you've invented uh, a whole new world. It's called 80% of Amazon.com. Really. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Recommend. It's like, oh, you're buying a mic. Do you want a stand? Do you want a cable? Okay, do you want so a job? The, do you want a podcast? Thing, though, do you want friends? What can I sell you? <laughs> Do you, do you want to look like you have friends? Do you want to pretend like you have friends? Yes. Um, Saw so you bought a mic. How about some alcohol? <laughs> you must be starting a podcast. Here's some whiskey. <laughs> you must be starting a podcast. Why don't I go ahead and uh, why, don't, why don't you buy this stationery? You can write about why you failed. <laughs> wow. Yep. <laughs> You're starting a podcast. You must be white. <laughs> Clippy pops up. Oh, looks like you're starting a podcast. <laughs> looks like you're starting a podcast. Don't. <laughs> stop. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. Here's these here's these these carefully written and very loving notes written by all your friends and family that I sourced in advance for because I knew this day would come. <laughs> uh, but Just seriously, don't do I, it. like I predict that most of the things that we pitch to each other actually exist. 
That's in, what I'm afraid in some of. way. And, and we're just going to be inadvertently making fun of things. In fact, I will go so far as to say that it's likely that you or I will end up working at a company <laughs> or starting a company that makes one of the things that we pitch did on we, this show. That we, we pitch on this show. It's like the, the – I mean I think the greatest fear I have is like Black Mirror style. It's like what if we're speaking these things into existence? Like, what if they didn't exist? Yeah. And then we made a joke about them. And that, like, <laughs> that, and that, and it hatched right at and that that's moment. What like the face oh, hugger in Alien. So and it attaches to itself to a young white man and plants an idea in his stomach. And then that bursts out. Yeah. That's, that's a disgusting thought. It's actually not a bad metaphor for startup. That's a beautiful metaphor for a startup, but it makes me icky on the inside. Starting a startup is like being impregnated by a xenomorph. <laughs> you know that feeling? Okay, let's pitch startups. You know that feeling when you're impregnated by zeitgeist? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's equity. <laughs> that's what they should. That's what they should say in like in like the uh, the scene where he's trying to hire you at the startup and like behind him like mm-hmm. someone gets thrown out a window and then <laughs> just, something explodes he doesn't blink. and then somebody's yeah. just screaming and crying and it's like hmm. so anyway uh we do one to two percent for early for your best for your best one your clip oh my god no but uh, i mean so people ask me now especially during you know covid19 the era of pandemic the modern era of pandemic I'm sorry, I haven't heard of this. I've, I've been locked in my home. For okay, well, months. here's a pitch for you. Imagine, okay. <laughs> imagine breathing. You, we all, <clears throat> we all breathe, right? <laughs> we all inhale and exhale through our lungs. Okay, imagine someone has given this pitch. Not being able to do that. <laughs> yeah. imagine, yeah, so, if, imagine a world where that wasn't possible yeah dr fauci gave this pitch once and then <laughs> yes, was kind of yes, kicked yes. off yeah. of some team i think he, his, his equity was yeah. taken away because everyone because everyone in miami refused to wear a damn face mask yep <laughs> topical yep so anyway dur- like during this time of, of pandemic people uh-huh. ask me oh how's work how are things going and i describe it um mm-hmm. and and it sounds like complete mayhem but then, and at the end of that, and then I'm like, and then the pandemic hit, <laughs> right? Because it's like, it doesn't really matter if we're in a yeah. pandemic or not, if you work in a startup, it's always A startup is its own kind of pandemic. <laughs> it kills fewer people or at least waits a while no. before it does it. Yeah. I think the, the, uh, the incubation process is a little bit slower, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you notice uh, there's no more incubators like in startup world? Like they all stopped. Everyone sort of universally decided that an incubator was a scam, and so everybody stopped calling it an incubator. They're all studios now. Studios or just programs. Oh, they're programs, right, yeah. Nonprofits have programs, and they can't be wrong, right? So it's probably fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, nonprofits yeah. can't be wrong. They don't make a profit. Yeah. Right. right, it's like, you know you know how you go into a studio um, and uh, spend like six months there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you, you come know. out with like... A banging n- number one album. Yeah. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. What's really important is that when you go into the studio, you're pretty sure that you have nothing. Yes. That's what I've always heard from my friends who are producers is that uh-huh. it's really important the artist comes in with no fan base, no music, and no idea of what no they're doing. No talent, no Because lyrics. really, it's right. w- what we do here at the studio is we sort of nurture that nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and sort of develop it into a bigger nothing that might attract investment capital. And then take 20%. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Then, and then if you do end up with anything, it's they, you know what they should call them? Stables. <laughs> It's where you keep it's where you keep horses you may or may not use. <laughs> if any of them show any signs of decay, you're just going to politely ignore them and if you're feeling good that day, you might just sort of end it. Right. But yeah, if you're feeling generous, that, they'll like, shoot them in the head. Yeah, they're there in case you need them. Hmm. If any of them turn out to be fast, sweet. So if they so get oats. If if it were Okay, so let's say that we jump forward in time to that reality where we just start calling uh, the artists formerly known as incubators, stables, right? Stables, yeah. And, and, yeah. Then, and so now we're like at coffee and we're talking about our startup experiences. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so I started this started this thing. It's called uh, 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 Fourfinger. Uh, so Fourfinger, um, Fourfinger got accepted into the stable. And uh, yeah. right now we're, do- we're doing pretty well. We're yeah. not dying. Yeah. Um, they, they haven't uh, they trot out us the out. They trot us out once a day or so. They trot us out. We, we've yeah, done a couple laps. They have us do our thing. Um, yeah. And, and we've, you know, we've they, had some people up frown. in the stands with their binoculars, like checking out our haunches and like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, brushing our manes and, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's actually poor. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the T's, you know, it's team traction, transformation, haunches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And haunches. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, but every once in a while, you know, the, the stable owner slash, you know, program director, uh, comes up and. And uh, you know, checks checks our teeth, and uh, and and looks us right in the mouth. And it's a good thing right. that we're not a gift horse, otherwise, you know. Oh yeah, you can't look a, a gift horse in the mouth. Right, nonsense. I'm not sure I know what that means. Um, yeah, I don't either. Let's let's come up with with uh, the the definition for that. Right. Yeah. So don't, don't look, look a gift, a gift horse, horse in the mouth. In yeah. the mouth, because is the horse a gift? No, no, Were it's you a kind of horse. A, who's it's a been breed gifted of horse. a horse? No, They're actually extremely, extremely expensive animals. Right? No, no, no. No one would dare gift a horse. Um, okay, it, that's yeah. actually wildly insensitive. Um, and it, the gift horse is a rare breed of horse. Ah, right. Okay. The, yes, it's like a Clydesdale. Um, like a Clydesdale, yeah. but uh, way smaller. It's about I'm one glad third I got to use the, the one of breed Clydesdale. of horse I know mm-hmm. in a sentence. So it's the only horse that's smaller than a pony and a donkey, mm. but is still considered uh, a full size horse, and that's a, a gift horse. And that's why ah. we, um, you know, when we say like, "Oh, would you like this gift gift wrapped?" It actually comes from <laughs> the the gift the gift horse because the gift because <laughs> the gift <laughs> they, from what part of it? Well, uh, because the gift horses is that like most horses have have manes that just go along, you know along the top mm-hmm. of their neck. The gift yep. horse is covered in mane. <laughs> just just it's all mane. Nothing but mane. And they just what they weave it into a gift wrap. What is the? Yeah. Uh, yes. So they tie it in mm-hmm. bows, and it's so it's oh. just it's a horse covered okay. in it's bows. horse hair. Right, and that's why it's, it's a horse hair bow. Right, so that's where we yeah. got the word gift. Well, anyway, when right. you do look yeah. a gift horse in the mouth, um, they bite your face <laughs> off. Yes. And okay. uh, that's why. So it's a. It's like, yeah. oh, beware the gift horse. Don't look at. Don't it in the look mouth. a gift horse right. in the mouth. You'll lose. You'll lose. You'll your lose your face. Yeah. Yeah. You will. Mm-hmm. You will. You will be injured by the gift horse. Right. Right. But um, gift wrapping is still a thing. You know, you put bows on things. You you know, wrap it up. Right. Right. Um, with hair and uh, and then mm-hmm. that's put, how I choose to do on. it. Yeah. Right. If you're not wrapping your gifts in hair, do you actually yeah. really? And they love take the they unwrap the present and they're like, oh, thank thank. This is so interesting. Wow, what you've done, horse. and yeah. then I say, "Hey, are you going to keep that?" Because mm-hmm. I, hey, uh, you going to finish that? I'm going to put it back in my closet with the rest of them. <laughs> the pile of hair in my closet. 
your closet or your stable. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, my closet hmm? here. Um, all right, I got one for you. Okay, hit me. All right. So what do startups in the early stage struggle with most? What's acquiring consumers, right? Hmm. You've got to acquire consumers. It's hard. It costs money. You know, uh, um, digital ads are expensive and they're finicky and, you know, everybody's trying to get their, their cost to acquire a consumer lower. You know, that you, run, you want to get on the right side of CAC to LTV, right? I don't want my cost to right, acquire right. a consumer to be less than the lifetime value of the consumer. It's what everybody struggles with. It's what kills startups is that the cost of acquisition is just way too high. Also, you and I both know, these, uh, these early stage startups, they tend to know each other, right? So like, they, like I knew a bunch of startups in the same stage I was in are pretty close. Mm-hmm. And we all mm-hmm. sold different products, extremely unlikely to encounter another startup that does the same thing you do, right? It's really rare. So right. what if we got, sort of like bundling, right? What if we got all these startups together and we said, well, okay, every, every consumer that I bring in for my Four Finger app I'm going to also sort of actively promote and like give them a discount on your thing. Right. Uh, you know, my four finger app, your gift horse, you know, app, mm-hmm. gift horse tracker.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to like, so we're just going to keep like getting our users to buy the products from other users. So we're, you know, what you have is you're like, you know, eight companies, maybe like in a cohort and an accelerator and every consumer that comes in is also exposed to all the other products right, and gets right. like a discount. And they can even like buy, you know, a year of all the products at once. So it's like a, it's like a, a, you know, circle uh, of, of companies that are all like uh, fighting down their cost to acquire consumer because they're acquiring the same consumers, yes. you know, acquire once and that, and that goes to eight right. different companies. Right. We're going to call it CAC ring. Now I'm just I'm just imagining being the marketing guy for Cackering. <laughs> being like if if I can sell this itself, if I can sell itself, okay. You want better penetration in the market? Cackering. You want you want better performance? Cackering. You want to you last want, longer? You want to turn some heads? Cackering. Wow. You know. You want to please your customers? You want to. This is what's going to be on the tip of longer? every consumer's tongue. Cackering. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, it sells itself. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I would like to invest. In fact, I have a. <laughs> I, I would like to introduce you to uh, one of my stable owners. Uh, <laughs> get you into the stable. Um, the I foreman? Think, I don't know foreman? who runs the stable. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it's not a foreman. Stable foreman? That's George foreman. Legit. George foreman runs the stables. That's oh, that brings a whole new meaning to those grills. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's horses. what... Well, the horses tend to br- the gift horses tend to break their teeth <laughs> on yeah. unlucky people's on skulls, yeah. and so you give them grills. <laughs> you, you put you put some and chrome in there. And that's where we there. got the George Foreman grill. Yeah, yeah, and that's the George Foreman grill. Yep. Yeah, which was actually one of the first products to ever go on Shark Tank. Not true. Was it not? Oh no, know. Shark Tank came way after the George Foreman. Oh grill, yeah, right. Obviously, yeah. George Foreman. Grill. He didn't come up with the grill, right? No, no. Like he some, he was a spokesperson. Made a grill. And they and then, thought, and they you know like, who should sell this to the world? Of all the people that should sell George grill, Foreman. George Foreman. We don't even... You know, he doesn't really have much relevance. But <laughs> let's give him some. I, I, here's what's depressing about me, about George Foreman, and about the world that we live in. The grill is all I know about him. 
whatever he did before the grill, I don't remember what it was. Boxer? Mm Mm-hmm. So he boxed, Mm -hmm. and then he sold grills. Right. I mean, I think think he's known as a professional boxer. But now at this point, he might be known as a former professional boxer. A former professional. Okay, yeah. But Mm -hmm. I don't know... I mean, I guess the title would be like entrepreneur, right? Or, right. Because well, he, but I mean, he doesn't his, have to make the grill to still be an entrepreneur. I mean, you well, and I both know but does you don't he, need to do I think shit he does. To be an I don't entrepreneur like I, spokesperson. I think he's a professional pitch man. You know, like he's he's the but for one thing. Like you don't have like yeah. the George Foreman razor or the the George Foreman curtain rod. Well, I mean, the know? George Foreman razor, like it's great because it like there's a slot in the blade that collects the grease. <laughs> And it just oh, flows, it flows down the crevice the and Forming, into a little catch pocket. George Forming that hangs razor. on the end of the. It hangs on the end of the razor, so it flows through the razor, and like a straw. The George Foreman razor is the only razor that is a bladeless razor. It uh, it just sears the skin. It just burns the skin and prevents hair <laughs> just, from growing. It's, it's, you need. It's two to three minutes each side. You want to use a thermometer because, you know, I know people tell you they can tell just by like touching it or something. That's right. not how it works. No, 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 no. no. You got it. actually need, need the fruit different yeah. for each person. And so you right. want, you definitely want to have. But fortunately, sorry, the, you say George, viscosity? the George Foreman razor um, has a built in thermometer that and mm-hmm. it's sold separately as well. The George Foreman thermometer, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's part the of the George complete, Foremometer. It's part of the complete. Uh, George Foreman trifecta, the, uh, yeah. the shaving, grilling, measuring it's odd. trifecta. You know, these are these are businesses you wouldn't see in the same, you wouldn't see them coming together, but that's actually what innovation is. It's bringing right. together things that don't belong together and making me buy them. Right, because it was after extensive user research uh, mm-hmm. that they realized 76, 76 or 77% of men shave while grilling. Um, <laughs> and so they were like, well, let's, Let's you know, merge these two product categories together because we see this trend, right. um, and right. who better to to pioneer this trend but George Foreman? Former yeah. Professional well, I mean, the, the man who brought up the George Foreman grill should always also bring us uh, a product that burns the skin off of your face. Therefore, it reveals the skin's freshest layer, the skull. Right, and and that was an idea that came that came from customers. That's why it's so important right. to listen to your well, customers when they were in they were, the stable. Right, there were you know so, that's, they did some research. They did some research, and they they brought some of their customers in who were horribly burned on their faces, <laughs> um, because they had just pressed their faces up against the George Foreman grill in an effort. That's how they to realized shave. Yep, and mm-hmm. they realized, oh wow, there's something here. Um, yeah, and uh, their faces were just terribly mutilated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. with with grill marks, George Foreman uh, didn't care much. He was like, "This is innovation because he's an entrepreneur," like we stated earlier, and yeah. uh, and so that's yeah. why they say never look a George Foreman grill in the face. <laughs> never look a George Foreman grill in the face. <laughs> never lick a George Foreman grill with your face. I think is the saying. Yes. Is actually that where it comes from. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to explain to people. It takes a while to get there yep. and to understand exactly what you're talking about. But it's important, and that's what, <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I think there there are going to be some some innovations that we do come. Like I was talking to um, to a friend of mine about like you know just like crazy pitch ideas, mm-hmm. and 
and I thought of something actually really it started off ridiculous, but I thought of something really actually I, I would I would actually use. Um, I don't know what I would call it yet, but it's okay. an it's it's an all in one video conferencing tool, right? So this is like legit. Okay. Like, I think I think we can what, make money on this. What what makes what makes current video conferencing tools not all in one? Um, because, what are they missing? Because the the screen that you are looking at to make eye contact with the other person is yeah. separated from the camera. Right. That you need it always to look looks at. like I'm ignoring you. Right. It always looks yeah. like I'm looking away from you. So no one's actually mm-hmm. making eye contact. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's what it's called. It's called eye contact. Sure. Okay, <clears throat> well, so you know, eye contact. sir, I, I hate to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yes, hit me. Uh, well, I'm playing the VC here, right? Which oh, means okay. I need to rudely interrupt you and pretend that I know something. Right. Um, and just sort of like be flummoxed by the very idea that you might be building a startup, even though I'm a fucking VC and it's right, my entire right. job to sit there and listen to these things. But you're doing but a what with I? a who? Right, right. Uh, so here... Um, or, or you need to interrupt and be like, oh, you know who's already doing that? You know who's already doing have you Have you heard of this other... Have you heard of my friends thing? Have you heard of my... I have friends doing You know, doing we've got things. a portfolio company uh, that is doing yeah. something similar. They're, they're like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, have you thought about... I know, I'm here to, I know I'm here to disrupt businesses, but have you thought about doing something somebody else is already doing? You know, speaking of disruption, I'm just going to disrupt you right now. Uh, and, and This is disruption. I'm this disrupting thing. you. Yeah. No, I think the... I think what makes video conferencing so exhausting is that if you and I were having a meeting in a conference room mm-hmm. and I stared you dead in the fucking eyes right. for 30 minutes, yeah. I would need to go home at the end. I would need to be done with work because that's exhausting. Who right. does that? That's, it's rude. It would, mm-hmm. you, would, you would report this person who, won't, who just continues to stare at you the entire time Yeah, no, it's that true. we're having this meeting. Uh, but it, but I'm true. expected to stare directly into the camera because it's polite. Anyway, well, the thing I don't is, have like, strong opinions. with when I am, that's that's the tricky thing about video conferencing is when I'm looking at a face that isn't looking at me, but is looking close enough to me. It's when I'm looking at weird. you, looking at me, looking into you, right? But then, but then you're not. Then, then, then it yeah. starts to get get weird. Which is why you can always tell when people are reading cue cards directly off camera because it's off putting. It's just like, right? You know, right. they're supposed to be looking at you. But this whole this whole idea is built off of teleprompter technology. So teleprompters okay. will put the screen will put the script on top of the lens. Like so over you the can, lens. The lens can, still captures the video, right. no issue, but I can also read words. Exactly. It. Yeah. So it's all based off of like projection onto a two way mirror. The lens shoots through one side, you see the reflection on the other side. So I actually built a prototype of this with a teleprompter that I had just, mm-hmm. you know, laying around. And yeah. you know how you know how your parents get you a teleprompter and you keep it because you don't want to get rid of it. But then right. like, oh, and you're like, you oh, know. man, thanks. Another teleprompter. Gee, thanks. You know, guys. and they were like, oh. go ahead and practice this teleprompter mm-hmm. for you when you run for public office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just sits in the closet until suddenly there's a pandemic. You're like, oh, my God, I'm on yeah. chat all the time. Yeah. Are you sure that are you sure that it's not a Teletubby? Oh, shit. I've been saying it <laughs> wrong this whole time. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't want to do a speech with a teleprompter. <laughs> I do want to do a speech with a Teletubby. Just sort of like, like just miming I, to me what I should be talking about. And then the giant baby sun floats overhead. And I'm like, this is a good life. Yes. Anyway, teleprompter. Uh, yeah, yes. So the teleprompter, I was watching this, um, this like keynote speech from uh, someone. I think it was like the Shopify CEO or something. Mm-hmm. And he kept looking. He was trying to make eye contact with the lens, but he kept looking down at his screen, clearly looking at his screen to read his script. Yeah, I was just like, 
damn, Sun needs a teleprompter because it's like this rousing, rousing script of like, oh yeah, let's in this time of pandemic, we're the makers. This, this, and we're the mold, this rousing Shopify script. Rousing Shopify script, if you can imagine. It was actually really good. I, I have a lot of respect can't. for the Shopify guys. I'm not going to disparage them. I really can't imagine it. I, you got to check it out. It's good. Um, <clears throat> but it was it, like that was distracting because he kept looking down. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should do this thing and just call it eye contact. And it's this all-in-one video conferencing tool that just is a camera. It hooks up via USB. It's powered off a of USB because – with the advent of working from home and the COVID-19 crisis, we're more and more looking for those human connections. And those human connections, despite being on the screen, are still – we still crave them through eye contact. Introducing eye contact, the all-in-one video conferencing tool powered by USB, works with any platform on any device, allows you to make eye contact with the – the people or person on the other side of the world, of the country, of the town you're living in. With a microphone embedded and voice-changing technology and and Snapchat filters integrated, of course. You can now have butterflies flying across your face (laughs) while you're making eye contact with your business partner in Bangladesh. We've got a killer team. It took a turn. <laughs> I was with you. I, w- I want to see the script of this pitch, and I want to see where it all goes wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to see. I want to chart starting at midnight. <laughs> at what point the Snapchat filters and butterflies yeah. entered the equation? Yeah. Like, no. It. I mean, what it is is like the founder is there. You know, like. Just plowing away at this thing, really working hard, and then like their their teenage daughter walks in and is like, "Oh my god, you're building a chat app," and then <laughs> yeah. walks out, and that's it. Yeah, right. And but yeah. that's the that's the moment of epiphany for them. They're like, "Oh no, I'm 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 a boomer. I I have become boomer. Um, I've, I I am uh, I am boomer. Hear me, hear me, sit here quietly." I'm Hear me do absolutely nothing about it, and and realizes, oh, we, I need, I need these zoomers on board what, because what, of no, technology. What I, what I what I love about this is it's like the the my favorite dichotomy is that every startup you've heard of as important was started by an asshole <laughs> who yeah. doesn't know anything <laughs> right. and believes they are believes they are incredible and that no one can defeat them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most successful startups are started by people in their, like, 40s and 50s. So you have this, like, interesting tension of, like, well, the responsible people tend to make successful companies. But let's not celebrate that. Let's let's celebrate Snapchat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It would be like if we were like, well, you know, really what you should all be doing. I understand business school is is a good investment, but have you thought about lottery tickets? (laughs) Have you thought about just like going out of the 7-Eleven and just being like, I'll take 10 bucks, quick picks, down. Oh, wait, no, I want to play my my family's birthdays. You know, it's it's all luck of the draw. It's like, especially consumer apps. It's like, it's just such a wild guess. Right, right. That the problem is, it's like, well, do you want a one in one million chance at a billion dollars, or do you want this math is going to be all fucked up? But like, mm-hmm. or do you want a one in one hundred chance at a million dollars? Right. You know, it's like, well, 
you know, why not? Both are extreme risks. But on paper, if you just do the math, (laughs) you should start. It's like it's like we live in a world where the thing you just described as a joke is like you could want to start a teleprompter app so that you could have more eye contact and a VC could be like, have you thought about filters? (laughs) Exactly. You know, the kids are filters. And that's the thing. You know, you know how young children have all the money. But those boltons are always based on someone else's lucky break. Right. So. Right. And and I believe that. Every successful like name brand startup just got lucky, you know, and like sure. and that's just yeah. kind of what happens. All of these ideas are a dime a dozen, and it takes a lot of luck. Uh, sure, a ton of hard work, but in retrospect, you can look back and craft a story. That's actually what I'm really good at is looking back and crafting. Those you stories. can look backwards and say how this was inevitable, right? It was inevitable. We were at the right place at the right time. We had the right team. We had the right investors. We put yeah. the right effort toward the right thing, and our CAC to LTV ratio was great, and our EBITDA was like, it was like no, 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 none of that actually happened the way that you want that that you could have predicted we, that it would we, happen. We lined up 20 people at the top of a very steep hill full of rocks <laughs> and jagged edges, and we kicked all of them down it, and you landed at the bottom and weren't dead. <laughs> right. How'd you do it? Well, you know, <laughs> it took a, you... <laughs> I, was, I was part of the right stables at the right time, yeah. and I never looked a gift <laughs> really, horse in the mouth. I, you know, I really, you know, I really have to thank our partners at this moment because, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, you know, I saw a lot of folks... Uh, roll right into, you know, and just really hit their noggin right on that jagged rock. But, you know, we avoided that. You know, I was, um, I don't remember, I was unconscious the whole time. <laughs> I was in this lucid dream state, kind of blacked out. Right, combination right. of the weed startups, and the mushrooms. Here's what I want but... our listeners to know. Startups are kind of like being impregnated by a xenomorph. <laughs> Being a also being a horse, trying to bite somebody's face off and then getting kicked down a very steep hill full of jagged rocks. That's while sort of what, like, shaving a is. with a grill, <laughs> while it's, uh, shaving it's... your face <laughs> with the beautiful surface of a George Foreman grill. That's really what startups are. That's the point I think I need to get across. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's uh, you know if you if you learn anything <clears throat> on this podcast, I just which, want you to which, know one. Wow, well, good for you. Wait a minute, time out. This is. This is an educational <laughs> podcast, right? Like, that's the category we're... <laughs> education, right? It's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> if not, I need to take some notes. I need to make a phone call to my lawyer. <laughs> Who would you say your podcast is for? Who's your core audience? Oh, learners. Like, my, my, my objective is just to alienate each kind of person progressively <laughs> in sort of a, 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 pro, kind of a process of elimination until <laughs> really we only have us left. Kind of a kind of this exponential curve of right, uh, eliminating right. well, and then we tell two, two friends, right. and then they tell two friends. <laughs> but no, 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 it's not a pyramid scam at all. <laughs> it's not a pyramid no, no, no. scam. How would you like to? How would you like to get into the ground floor? Hey, how'd you like to listen to a podcast? By the way, I can't say ground floor without doing something strange with my mouth. <laughs> how'd you like to get on here on the ground floor? I'm also doing the thing like an office space. How'd you like to have as many as four people working hey, right underneath you? Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm gonna, just gonna have to ask you to share this podcast with five people. <laughs> I was told that I could listen to this podcast <laughs> with the hours of nine and eleven and read the volume. I was told.